My name is Rachel White, and people call me the Skeptical Showman. They say it like it's a contradiction, but it's not. For more than a decade, I've been researching and building tools for the spiritually homeless. You know, the curious but critical thinking people that, like me, have had a tough time navigating a landscape of gurus and grifters and crystal hippie people. Searching for a way to fill what Neil Gaiman called that God-shaped hole. All while, of course, not getting taken. As the host of the Skeptical Shaman podcast, I want to help us all develop a map of this confusing terrain. I'm going to talk to everybody. The curious, the skeptical, the cynical, and yes, even the true believers. Together we can safely explore the world of Wu and get closer to some meaningful existential truths. This is The Skeptical Shaman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Skeptical Shaman podcast. I'm your perpetually cranky and low energy host, Rachel White of Totem Readings. But I'm a little less energy, low energy now that I've seen my guest and her incredible t-shirt. It really did give me the zhuzh I needed. Please, everyone, welcome Teresa Reed, a.k.a. the Tarot Lady. Teresa, welcome. Hey, Rachel. I am so glad to be hanging with you today. Thank you for inviting me to this little conversational thing we're having today. Yeah. And you're like the OG of tarot, the way that like Ice Cube and NWA are the OG of rap. That's the way I look at this. It's it's a real honor for me to have you here. So why don't, you know, we can't distill your entire body of work, I think, into a, a cogent intro. So why don't you give everybody just the executive summary? Uh, you're quite popular, quite famous in the tarot world. So maybe what, what you would say about well, my name is Teresa Reed. I am better known as the Tarot Lady. I've been reading tarot and, and astrology for over 40 years. I am a prolific author with many, many books on the market. Got a new one coming out this fall. And I like to say, if you don't, if I'm not flipping cards or gazing at the stars, you're always going to find me in the kitchen cooking. I've got hundreds of cookbooks and a very fussy Virgo husband. So that is the other passion that I have. Uh, and my other passion, of course, is cats and family at Blah, blah, blah. So that's me in a nutshell. I love it. And it's funny that you're so focused on food. I don't know if you know this. My husband, Pisces, is a chef. And mealtime in this house, we don't have children or anything. So it's it's quite aggressive, the discussions, planning a meal. And uh, yesterday we were trying to figure out what to do with pasta. And mm-hmm. it was like a two and a half hour. You'd think we were solving global warming or something. That's and then someone it found Italian sausage in the freezer and everything got worked out. Yeah, no, that's the way it is with cooks. I mean, when you are someone who loves to cook, when you love food, it's a production. And I got to say, I have children and my kids are grown adults. But even when they were little, it was a production. There was stuff going on. There was a lot of thinking behind it. So I think that's just people who love to cook. We are always like that. You know what it is as well? And I think it ties into tarot and astrology is the idea of number one, food is really ancient. You know, my husband's trained in French cooking. And when you look at that, it goes back to the Middle Ages, some of those Escoffier recipes, and there's stories and lore. And then also the idea of ritual, like yes. you said, production. Um, I think people who have a daily spiritual practice or have studied these things, there's that respect for the past. And there's also that adherence to like, this is a ritual. Like we're not animals. We sit down, we eat. It's good food. We pay attention. You know, we're not just hitting the drive through every day. Exactly. And not that there's anything wrong with hitting the drive through because there's no. some magic in that as well. But 
cooking is absolutely a ritual. I mean, you have your mise en place, you put everything in order, you have to come up with the recipe, you put it together, you have to taste it, and you're transforming ingredients into something. And then when you eat it, we're transforming it too. So, yeah. I mean, food really is super magic when you think about it. The whole thing from recipes to cooking to eating to you know, all of that, cleaning up afterwards. And also food brings people together. It does. There's nothing yeah. better than sitting around the table. You've got a good meal. You've got people you love and you're having conversations. So, I mean, the other day I made like fried chicken, 11 times yeah. spoon bread, uh, dandelions dressed with a bacon dressing, you know, and just we're sitting around just having the most amazing dinner and great conversations. What is more magical than that? Nothing. Nothing. And I also think food people and witchy people, we share that sort of pirate ship mm -hmm. energy of like, we don't quite fit into society. It's not that we can't make it work. We just don't want to make it work. And those are always the crowds that I like to be around. Right. Right on. Right on. There are also like a number of uh, witchy and tarot type cookbooks out there, too. So, you know, there are fellow folks like us actually creating books about these topics. And I love that. Yeah, I'm going to interview my uh, husband as soon as his schedule allows about yes. cooking and, you know, how the bear is accurate. And I don't know if you know this. We lived right by uh, that beef place and we know those people in yeah. our life. And just he's like, yeah, they kind of nailed it. Just the spiritual aspect of I don't want to ruin the plot, but there is a totem animal, a bit of a ghost. It's very mm -hmm. sweet, the story. And yeah, so. Well, Teresa, you know, you have like, I don't even know how many Instagram followers. It's a bit absurd. I don't know how you handle it. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit. But what I don't know a lot about you is your lore, mm -hmm. you know, your origin story. If you were an X-Men, if oh. you will. I don't know if you've talked about that extensively, but I'd like to learn more about that. And also, perhaps as importantly, what Betty the Goat's lore is. <laughs> Um, I've never asked on a live stream because I would assume someone's asked you at some point and it gets, it gets pedantic. But if you don't mind getting into that, because people are always amazed how young tarot card readers start, how, oh, how young yes. we are when we get going. Yes. I mean, I'm almost 60. I'm like just a few years away from retirement. So I've been actually at tarot and astrology for an incredibly long time. And for me, I, I like to say it's all been kind of accidental. I, you know, had the I mean, I grew up, first of all, in a very intuitive household, very superstitious household. And so I think that I was open and made for this sort of thing. I mean, I even remember being a kid, going through the National Enquirer and looking at those ads for these witchcraft books and being obsessed with it. But when I was in high school, I had the incredible good fortune of having a friend, and we are still such close friends to this day, whose mother happened to be an astrologer. And her mother... And by the way, I grew up in a rural area, so that was weird. Um, so anyhow, her mother did my astrology chart, and I remember being so blown away. And I was immediately fascinated, because when I'm into something, it's usually sudden, and I get into it. And when I'm really into it, it's going to last. You know, so I have certain, you might want to say obsessions, but I got really obsessed with astrology. So I started studying astrology, and I was at a bookstore. We went out to the mall. And um, by the way, the mall was a trek back in the day. And so we didn't go very often. And we went to the mall and I was in the Walden bookstore. Walden's books don't exist anymore. 
And I went to the little metaphysical section and the whole thing was, I'm, I'm going to get an astrology book. I want the book that she has. And uh, that book, by the way, was not there. Uh, I was never able to find that book in a bookstore. But anyhow, I noticed that there was a tarot deck there. And I'm like, oh, I've seen this in a movie. And so it was just on a whim, just a total whim, curiosity. I picked yeah. that deck up and I came home. And I remember unwrapping this deck and I was just super stoked. And as I started laying it out and looking at the little white book that came along with it, I started seeing some stories come to light. I'm very visual. I mean, when I was younger, I wanted to be an artist or a makeup artist. But I got into this tarot and I'm like, wow. And then the next time I went to the, and by the way, the first deck was a Marseille deck, which is the hardest deck to start with. But yes, it got there. That's all they had at that time at that bookstore. So the next time we went to the mall a couple months later, I zoomed right to the bookstore. And I remember going in there and then I saw a Rider Waite Smith deck. And I'm like, oh, now this looks a little bit more attractive. And I took that deck home and then the tarot really started to sing. And since that time, and again, that's 40 something years ago, I've never been without a tarot deck or a, an ephemeris. And the fun full circle thing was, it's not that it's fun, but my friend's mother, before she passed, she gave me her astrology book. So I actually ended up inheriting it so I finally got the book, but I got it. I got it and I love it. And it's still my favorite astrology book. So it was all like this, things just coming together and just being in the right place or right frame of mind at the right time and intuitively picking up on that and grabbing it. You know, it's funny. My um, father worked for a printing company and he uh -huh. brought a bunch of like trading cards, X-Men cards, you know, all that stuff. Ooh. And one of the things was a deck of tarot cards. And mm. I was in oh God, elementary school and I literally just started pulling them out and telling people things because I was always creepy. Oh, and yeah. I was always creepy and weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was such, I'll never forget too. I, I, I felt super empowered saying something, you know, a little rough, but I, I honestly, objectively truthful to my stepmother at mm -hmm. the time of watching the blood drain from her face and being like, yeah, this is a feeling. This is all a vibe and never letting it go. When I was in middle school, I read tarot cards in my my aunt's backyard for her, her co-workers at an insurance company. Wow. Like, it was like they're off site. And she's like, hey, this is my freak show niece. Yeah. She was my godmother. It was like, everybody say hi. And I, I'll never forget. I took her aside and I said, I think those two people are sleeping together. But she has a husband and he's here. And she's like, yeah, no, we all know about that. Like, you know, not that I'm a gossip, but you're blown away as a child by what your line of sight, almost this x-ray vision. Yeah. Is. And also, too, what really goes on with people. Yeah. Uh, if you're naive at all, you start doing tarot cards, you start talking to people, you get a real education on the human experience, I think. I think tarot and astrology both do that. I mean, yes. astrology can tell you a lot about a person's potential their tendencies, um, the way they might act or react to certain things. And so if you study astrology, you really learn how to get along better with folks. You learn how to be more compassionate when you see people who have challenging charts. And I like to think astrology can show us the essence or the energy of what's happening at any given time. But tarot, tarot is the way, I mean, tarot helps you to find the detours. Tarot is like mm -hmm. a secret roadmap. And yeah. I, I think it's very, very magical. I love tarot. I love them both as a, a combo, by the way. Yeah, me too. I'm just not that knowledgeable about astrology. 
you know, I, I'm one of those people. I'm like, you. It's almost like um, stress testing medicines. You know, when you yeah. put the jar and the apothecary or the naturopath pushes on your arm, and if your muscle gives out right away, it's not for you. And so I just send people to astrologers. And yeah, I, you know, and I think for me, the the weird, the other weird ism that kicked up was flower essences. I want your flower. I love one. Yes, they're Thank amazing. You. And they yeah. work. I swear by them. By the way, because we don't innovate. Like, it's one of those things I think I have in common with my husband, who's a chef. He's like, mm-hmm. a brown butter sauce is a brown butter sauce for a reason. It's perfect. Yeah. Right? Like, leave it a lot. Leave some things alone. It's fine. Not everything needs to be whatever nowadays. And going going back to older stuff, which astrology is beyond ancient. Tarot's very old. These are There's nothing new here. It's getting mm-hmm. really good at the old stuff. Or as Picasso said, you have to learn the rules before you can break the rules. Absolutely. You know, getting into that. And, you know, on your weekly Instagram lives, you have a co-host who is a ghost <laughs> who I'm fixated on, mainly because I love the movie The Witch and Black Phillip. I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with that filmmaker and the Northman. And Black Phillip scares the S-H-I-T out of me. Like, the first time I watched that movie, I was like, oh my God, it's not a metaphor. I can't with this. Like, we were watching it on Halloween. And creep me out so bad. But your Benny is white. He's not Black Phillip. He's Benny the Goat. He's altruistic, I'm assuming. That's what I read into him energetically. Can you tell everybody about Benny and his song? He has a goddamn theme song. He's got a theme song. He's got mugs with his face on them. So the whole thing, the way this all started is many years ago when I was on social media with Vine before it became obsolete. You know, I started doing these little six-second tarot videos where I'd pull the card for the day, do a quick little video, and then I thought, well, this looks boring. Let me go put something on it. And I have a bunch of plastic animals. And the plastic animals thing goes way back, because when I was a little girl, I told my daughter a story about how one time I found this plastic rooster uh, in the dirt, and I dug it out, and I became obsessed with this thing. And so my daughter ended up finding me, and I got it up here, a little plastic rooster. And from there, then we started, I started accumulating other things. Uh, hippos and uh, I've got you know I've got a lot of plastic animals and they just bring me great joy and so I started putting them on the six second tarot just to get to kind of jazz it up to do something different I mean everyone's putting like crystals and flowers I'm like yeah I'm gonna put this fucking you know hippo on it and people thought <laughs> people thought it was weird but they're like you know I'm like well that's just who I am I yeah I am weird and they're they're like well what is this all about I'm like it's just something to jazz it up and I don't want yeah. to do what everyone else is doing I'm doing what I'm doing. This is what I'm into. So anyway, there's so much wisdom in that. Just as an aside, I, I don't know if you know this, but when I was in corporate, I was head of knowledge and innovation. I was in charge yeah. of innovation. Everything you read, everything you do in innovation is like, I don't know why I just do this. Exactly. I wish more people would just riff and play and do their own thing. Yeah. It's just like that. Yeah. All those flowers and everything looking perfect and beautiful. That's yeah. not who I am. I'm very punk rock and I happen to like plastic animals. Uh, so I started doing that, and then the goat, the way it happened, I always think goats are ridiculous. And I always laugh at goats. I think they have the most ridiculous faces. they got an attitude. They're very human. Yes, they, and they've got an attitude, which I love. Yes. And so my son was dating this woman for a while, and we were watching 90 Day Fiance, and there was some guy, and he had a bride-to-be, and she had to give the mother-in-law a goat in order to win her over. And we were like laughing about that. And I said, well, you know, don't ever do that. And so, of course, she gave me this plastic goat. Of course. And so I got the plastic goat 
And, you know, I thought, oh, this thing's great. And then I turned it upside down and I realized this plastic goat has the biggest genitals, like these oversized <laughs> testicles. And I'm like, did you see what you sent me? And she's That's like, great. oh, my God, I didn't realize. And so we ended up falling in love with this stupid thing. And mm -hmm. one day somebody had asked me, hey, which is your favorite plastic animal? And so I was on Instagram live and I said, oh, I'll announce it on there. And so I told her, well, this is my favorite one. It's Benny. His name is Benny Margotis. And I said, so he is the goat and this is why. And, you know, there's another story behind Benny Margotis. But so anyhow, people were like laughing their butts off because here's this weird plastic goat and it's my favorite. And so then people started asking about the damn goat. So I started including I the goat. Again, it's weird. It's stupid. But started including the goat in as my kind of like a uh, little sidekick, and I, I've uh, he kind of developed his own thing. And people like seeing the goat. Kids like seeing the goat. Uh, when I meet people in person, did you bring Benny the goat? Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous, but it's fun. Teresa, every it's time I get ball. a postcard from you, which is very sweet, by the way, and it's one of those uh, old school things that I do. I like to send handwritten stationery. But the Benny faces in the vignettes on that postcard, my husband and I die over. If so we were to them after Zoolander poses, like Blue Steel, and so it, it's like, ridiculous. He's there's something to it, and I wish more people would get playful that way. Like our little running joke on the podcast. I don't even know if anyone thinks it's funny because, as you know, I don't really listen to feedback or ask people. I just do stuff. But we joke that our sponsor is the owner and CEO of the Totem Tarot deck, and she's a real bitch. And mm -hmm. if we don't pull a card, like, I'm going to hear about it. And, you know, she's litigious. She's a goddamn nightmare. And the every guest will, like, look at me for half a second. Then they get it. They're like, isn't that you? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, the rule still applies, I guess. So I, I like your origin story. And I have to tell you, Teresa, when you retired from doing readings for the general public when I was in Chicago, I got a bunch of your former clients. Oh, awesome. And I had no idea who you were at the time because, you know, being a shaman, we're not social. We're not social right. people. I resisted social media until the last two years because I self-published a tarot deck. Yeah, I am not an early adopter, adopter, any of it. Like if I could sit in the backyard and eat a homemade pasta every day quietly, that's that's it for me. But I put it together after going on your podcast. I was like, wait a minute. Is that... The person of my friend, uh, Shelly, listened to it. She goes, that's Teresa. That's who I would see. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And I said, so you have good, I, I complimented her, but also us. I was like, you have a good nose for who to work with. Because as you know, Teresa, the world is not full of the highest quality readers always. There's a lot of storefronts and things like that. Right. There's a lot of people yeah. out there who are doing really shady things and storefronts are one of them. Uh, but also, you know, Sadly, the age of social media has given us an opportunity to get our work out there, but it's also given some people the idea that it's easy money and they go into this work before they're really ready, before they understand the consequences of how your work can impact people's lives. And they end up doing a lot of damage and you also yeah. get a lot of fly by nights. And I'd like to say this, they're more interested in their marketing than they are in perfecting their craft. And if you are going to do this type of work, it's continuous study. It's rigorous study the rest of your life. Yes. It's not because yeah, I read one book and I'm a tarot reader. Mm -mm. In uh, Japanese, they refer to it, it, there's a concept called kaizen. 
which yeah. is obsessive pursuit of perfection. You know that documentary, yep. Jiro Dreams of Sushi? Yep. He's like, yeah, in 10 years, he'll be able to make the egg dish kind of shit. You know, and these mm -hmm. people sleep in the hallway and work at the sushi, 10-seat sushi bar. And I think in, in our line of work, the people that are really obsessed with the thing itself, mm -hmm. um, that's a big differentiator. It's not always easy to discern uh, from yep. the outside looking in. If someone's got really splashy marketing or... They look like, you know, the other thing is the illusion of what I would call wealth. They go, well, they must be good if they're making money. I'm like, or they've maxed out every credit card they have. And they're in their third bankruptcy. Or they haven't had anybody supporting them. Yes. So maybe this is a great opening. I, I've asked some other people who were, by the way, involved in cults and things like that for their red flags or what to look for in a an ethical practitioner in contrast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe we start with a, a couple of your just red flags, however superficial or silly they may seem, if you were guiding a friend or a loved one in shopping for tarot card reader, astrologer, practitioner? Well, the first thing is you have to be working with someone who resonates with you. That's actually really super important. You know, if you are picking somebody just because they're well-known or this and that without getting to know what they're all about, you might find even if they're a talented person, they're not the right person for you. So I think that really is important uh, like, for example, I love getting astrology readings from Sam Reynolds. Why do I pick Sam Reynolds? Why have I worked with Sam Reynolds for years? Because Sam speaks to me very straightforward. And I like that about him. He doesn't goof off with the astro babble. He gets right to the point. So I've worked for, with Sam for years for that particular reason. So please make sure it's somebody who resonates with you. Because even if someone's skilled, you may feel like I... I didn't get anything else reading. I don't like that person, yada, yada, yada. And that actually is going to be probably the most important thing. Now, the second thing is you do have to do your research. It, does this person actually know their shit? Or is this just glossy marketing? And that does require a bit of research on the part of you as the consumer. So if I'm going to get a reading from somebody who's completely new to me, let's pretend, I'm going to like watch them for a bit. I'm going to go look and see, can I determine how long they've been reading tarot or studying astrology? It doesn't mean I'm not going to give a newbie a chance. I will sometimes if I like the way, again, they present themselves and I feel like we relate, we connect. But I'm also, I want to know, how much do you know? How much do you know? What kind of work do you have out there? So I will actually go and look at what somebody is doing out there before I allow someone to read for me. And the third thing is you might ask somebody else for a referral. Hey, have you had a reading with this person? What did they one? Those three things can really helpful be helpful. And red flags for me, uh, the number one thing is, you know, of course we want to avoid always those storefront things because yeah. that's bogus. We, you know, often you have a curse. You yeah. have a blockage. I need you to come back. I need a thousand dollars to make you a candle. Trust me, it was in downtown Chicago. Yeah, I, I know the racket well. Yeah. yeah. So we want to avoid also we want to avoid those types of things. I also avoid readers who use disempowering language. If you're using disempowering language, you're trying to make me dependent on you. I don't want mm -hmm. that. You're trying to scare me. You're trying to make me bummed out. That's not somebody I Fear is work. the mind killer. Yeah. Fear is the mind killer. I don't work with fear-based people. I don't ever work for that. And I would probably say the other um, the other thing is, you know, um, another red flag. God, there's so many red flags when I think about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes, too, the red flag could be that this person really doesn't have a presence out there. Like, I don't know anyone who's talked about them. I mean, no one's speaking about this person. I've never heard of them. Why are they popping up suddenly? Is this a new 
person who just read a book and decided to get into this. So I would say if there's no presence at all, I'd be a little bit like skeptical yeah. about that. And in terms of presence, you know, I had a client because I was running a sale, which is always why every time I run a sale, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. This is why we can't have nice things. Um, and she sent me just a really detailed series of questions that I, I think I called it the interrogation and uh-huh. dialogue with my husband. But she was like, and this and this and how long I go, go to Yelp, go to Google, go at the filtered reviews, because all of mine are still five star. It's just because I won't pay them their extortion fee. I'm in an, I'm in a 12 year war with Yelp right now because mm-hmm. I won't advertise until they chill out on filtering my reviews from real people. But I said, you know, look at that. Look at what those people said. They're very detailed. You can tell I'm not paying anybody. You know, they're however long. And, you know, if that if you're still not comfortable, I, I don't know what how to comfort you really beyond right. that. Because that's not me. That's not on my website. I'm not sitting around making Timmy G from Akron, Ohio. Up. It's mm-hmm. on sort of a public uh, platform. And that was pretty it was pretty funny because she looked at me. I was like, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I'm psychic. At a certain point, it's like it's going to be weird. And it's going to be a leap of faith. But, you know, you can research me, I guess. Yeah. Um, For me, one of the biggest, biggest, biggest red flags in the whole thing is someone who doesn't take appointments who you can walk in. Oh, yeah. No, I won't do that. How do you run a business that as someone who runs a business who's been in business, maybe not this one, you know, in corporate for a long time, you need to plan as a business owner, you need to know roughly speaking what you're looking at if you can pay a commercial rent or, or, you know, whatever the story is. So someone who's just around all the time and you can show up, it's really weird to me. I also, if somebody's too aggressive in their marketing, I don't like that. If you were like on my stuff 24-7, like email after email after email, I'm like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, you're pushing me. Or Mm -hmm. like if they're pestering you for a thirsty. Yeah, thirsty. There's I don't girls like that. and boys. I, yeah, it's so, the smell of desperation. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, sometimes you'll see online too, uh, like clout chasers. And I, I bet always, you get a lot of that being oh, as big as you are. It's it's really disgusting, actually. And I'm always paying attention if I'm watching someone else's live or something. If there's someone on there that seems like they're there, not because they're supporting the artist, but because they're trying to get business from it, that makes me really think, okay, why are you trying to get readings off another reader's thing? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I do. It's very strange when people do that. You know, when I'm on doing an Instagram live, there are people, I will promote their work because I love their work. And it's not for any reason. I love, like, for example, your flower essences. I use them every fucking day. Of course I'm going to talk about it. I use And by the way, I tell people to join your live, and a lot of my clients do, because I think it's really informative. I don't know a lot about astrology. I actually learn from you. And that's yeah. real content. That's not an infomercial. That's what we are all doing. You know, when there's something you love, if there's a book I love, if there's a deck I love, uh, you know, I love, I love, love sprays. There's a lot of stuff I love. And when I love something, I talk about it. If I don't love it, I don't talk about it. And I was doing an Instagram live one time. And here comes somebody. I've never heard of this person. And this is what I'm talking about. And they come on and they're like, Hey, everybody, you can DM me for a reading. And I'm like, who does that? I mean, it's it was rude. really bizarre. That's what I'm talking about. I would never do business with someone like that. And they usually start off by saying grand rising, everyone. Oh, yeah. And you can like, you see when I, I memed about that. And I go, if you say yeah. grand rising to me, we're never having sex. Yeah, ex- exactly. And then my husband called me from work and was like, wait, what is this about? I'm like, honey, it's a joke. 
of having sex yeah. with other people. It's a thing because he's not on the social media. Right. Right. So he was like, what's great rising? And why are you either having or not having sex with people? <laughs> like, but that's what, yeah. And that's another yeah. thing to look out for. If someone's coming on someone else's Instagram live yeah. and trying to solicit, that's weird. And also if they're telling, here's another thing too, a red flag. If someone shows up in your DMs, this is also yes. tied to this on social media and they're like, oh, you know, I feel energy around you and I'm, I'm compelled to do a reading. This is something I'd be suspicious about. Uh, what do you mean energy? Why are you soliciting? Why are you coming to me? I should be coming to you. So love pipes are one of all of this work is consent. And I, yep. I, I think you know that I do spiritual, what I call spiritual transformation coaching. Yeah, I, I love that for a decade because every coach I met literally would say things to me like beats working for a living. And they all seem to be a little narcissistic. Like there was a whole interesting vibe to life coaches in the last decade in Chicago. But um, the biggest thing that I revisit almost to the point of probably belaboring it and irritating right. everyone is consent. Because yes. people are new at this, they're getting hits, they're opening up, they're understanding, oh my God, I am psychic, or I do see things in the tarot cards. And I go, you do not go up to anyone, friend, stranger, whatever, who hasn't asked you, because you have no idea yes. what's going on in their life. To your point, the damage you might do, unintended consequences. Exactly. So I told them, you're an uninvited guest right now. Like, exactly. that's what it is. Yeah. I think people also see like this portrayed, though, in popular media where a media walks up to somebody on the street, a complete stranger says, oh, I see the dead around you. And I've had people do that to me, too. I don't like that. I don't want you talking to my dead relatives. Get out of get out of my aura. I talk to them and they're always there. Like, what's new? Yeah. Why do we need you to talk to it? But, you know, I was at a I was at an event with John Edwards, who's a really well-known psychic. And he was talking about this exact thing. He's like. No real professional is ever going to do that. We do not do that. And I'm like, exactly. So anybody who solicits, again, whether they come up to you, whether you're on someone else's Instagram live and they're hitting you up for a reading, or if they show up in your DMs asking, like, saying they want to do a reading, that stuff is huge red flag for me. Huge. Yeah. And it also means their business fundamentals aren't solid enough that they're yeah. not getting enough work. Exactly. And exactly. so they're, they're needing to what we call lean gen in that corporate speak, which yeah, is I need it. I need to say, I just can't relate. Like, if it's my day off, I can't imagine doing unsolicited psychic work. I'm tired. Oh my God, no, we shut it down. Yes. I mean, I don't walk around like some open vessel. I make sure when I'm walking around, I am zipped up. I only have some, my, yeah. my spidey senses open if there's something dangerous. You know, if right. I feel like, oh, this person's a creep or something, I want to pick up on that. But do I want to read about someone's love life or what's going on with yeah. them? No, that's not on my business. It's not on my psychic business. No, I'm at the grocery store to get bananas for my smoothies. That's yeah. about it. And you exactly. need to have that human experience, too. It's funny. Yeah. So these are these are great things to look for. And I really like the referral thing. Uh -huh. um, I always, you know, I refer a lot of people to a lot of practitioners. So do I. And it's a pleasure for me because I know that that person is legitimate, sincere. They're going to behave in good faith, right? Like they're they're doing things properly and I trust them. And it, it right. makes me happy to match make. And that we're referring way. people because we love or believe in the service, the product yeah. or whatnot. You know, one of the things I got to say recently, I ended up getting a real attitude. You might have seen it on my last Instagram live. So a lot of times publishers will send me a deck. Hey, oh, being yeah, live on the, the deck. With and the some illustrated pips. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. I'm all about that because I love sharing depths. I'm into it. Of course, I'm going to be into it. Well, anyhow, I've been getting some lately that come from some of these bigger publishers and they send the deck and it looks okay. And then as you begin going through the deck, none of the pips, none of the minors are illustrated. And almost every one of these big publishing houses are putting out decks like that. And while there's nothing wrong with a more size-based deck, what's really shady is when you look at the website, they only show pictures of the majors. They do not show the minors because they know. And let me tell you something. If I'm going to buy a deck or promote a deck, I want to know it's a Marseille deck and I'm buying it because I know that and I want it and I love the artist. For example, I love Robert Place. I've got a number of Robert Place's decks. My husband is obsessed with them. And by the way, Bob Place is brilliant and he's hilarious and he's just such a great artist. So I'll get behind anything Bob does. And, you know, he's a friend of mine too, but he did a Marseille deck. I was like, oh, oh my God, I need it. It's, it's Robert's new deck. I laugh. You know, and it's a great deck and I use it and I know it's a Marseille deck. But when they don't show that, I feel like I'm being deceived. I'm being hoodwinked. Most of the decks that I prefer to work with, I want something that is a Rider Waite Smith. I want my pips illustrated because not only is that a visual treat for me, but also if I'm reading for somebody and they're seeing the images, they get where I'm making my calculation and my yeah. prediction. That's what I want. So one of my new things is now I'm not going to let you all do this to me anymore. I'm going to ask you right up front, are the pips illustrated? If they're not, no thank you. you. I don't care if this deck, I don't care who's on this deck. I don't care if it's the new Tom Petty deck. I don't know if there is one. I'm not, I know I'm not taking that deck. And I'm it not taking it. You know, our deck, what Emma and I did with the Totem Terra deck is a little bit more like what Alistair Crowley did. Yes. The Toth deck, like you can keep it simple, that's, but that's illustrate a, it. But see, that's a completely different animal. There are some decks that I love. So here's one of the things I love about the Totem Tarot. And I've got a couple of other decks like that. They're very simple. And one of the things I said about your deck when I unboxed it, it's like a black mirror. Now, when yeah, I want to We did that quite on purpose. Yeah. So that meant a lot. Thank if you. I want a deck that's purely for psychic stuff, where there is, yeah. there's, you get an image, you get a word, and now I can just really look at it like a scrying mirror. Guess what? That is going to be a deck that serves that purpose. Our size deck might serve a purpose too. Maybe I want a deck that's like, I don't want to look at these damn pictures today. I want something that's just really clean so I could just go with the energy here and see how that's going together. And then other days, I want a visual treat. But yeah. if you are a deck creator and you're one of these big publishers and you're doing that and not letting us know what the hell we're getting and you want me to do a live unboxing and not hide my face, no. I did a live unboxing of a Marseille-based deck that they didn't tell me. And I think this was a couple weeks ago. And at first, like, oh, this deck looks like it might be cool. And everybody saw my disappointment. I didn't hide it. I'm like, oh, right. the pips aren't yep. illustrated. And so I'm not going to recommend this deck to y'all. I don't want to be that person giving negative reviews on shit. I want to share the stuff I love. So now my new thing is like, nah, if you if you got a deck like that, I don't want it unless I know it is a Marseille. And I'm so in love with the artist or the other art that I don't give a rat's ass. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I, you know, it's funny. I think people think what you and I do for a living is a lot of fun and it's not that hard. But what I would say is if you're in any integrity, which if you care about your brand and your business yeah. long term, you should be in integrity. It's not just a moral thing. It's actually a brand exercise. It's kind of a lot of work. You know, I've been invited to some shady retreats that I had to back out of. And it, you really, I've never been in an environment where the details matter so much 
and the way things get presented then how they evolve, how you have to babysit that. It, it's interesting, isn't it? It is. And you know what the thing is? I realize the details really do matter. Because if I don't ask about it, I mean, I assume people are just going to be upfront because I, what you see is what you get. It's not very glamorous. But this is what you get. Um, you know, and I assume that I guess that everyone else is going to be that way, but they're not. And those decks really got me riled up. So when we start talking about, you know, again, things of integrity, um, I want to only promote what I love. I want to talk about the things that really get me happy. I don't want to be that bitch out there giving a crappy review because yeah. I feel like God bamboozled. And those decks really piss me off because you're not up front with me. Well, while we're on the, the topic, and this will have a positive spin to it, but I didn't want to ask you about this, about the whole, you know, push-pull. You're not in general public client work anymore, but you do interact with the public a hell of yeah. a lot more than I do. And I'm not jealous of that at all. I'm not an extrovert in any I am such a bitch. It would be, I'd go from zero to 100 so fast on people. I know this. It's know thyself. I've had good charts done. My, my natal chart is like, you know, 20 feet distance at all times, basically. But one of the things that struck me in the last three years, particularly last year and a half, is um, as a practitioner of clients, maybe not existing clients, but new people approaching, they'll abstractly understand some things but not really in practice and a few of them have been like they don't understand that i don't have limitless time to spend with them on social media answering their uh, questions like i make my money charging for my time and saying the things i know and that sounds uh, nasty but that's i would be homeless this is actually my business and also the idea of like what a session should be I'm really big on level setting expectations, on empowering. I try and really use empowering language. One of the things I love about you and your book, Twist Your Fate, and the idea of like, there are things in the cards are in your chart, but the stories written by you, I think I might be butchering your quote. That's but, pretty close. Close to Yeah. And I just, I like that, it, but it's it's gotten kind of high maintenance. And the other piece I would say, and I've observed this with you more than me because of your eminence and reach, people being mean to you. Because they yep. think you're rich and successful and you've made it. And so they can and you owe them something. And there's that entitlement energy. So as a practitioner, you know, whether or not you see anybody in the general public now or not, what would you say to someone looking to work with a psychic, a tarot card reader, astrologer in terms of like how to be a good client? Oh, and you'll yeah. probably get better service too. So this is for everybody's benefit. I'd love that, to hear your thoughts. That's such a great question. You know, I'm a very friendly person. But I'm also highly introverted. And social media has been a place where I can really meet and connect with the people. And I love it. But there are some people that really do have some um, bad spiritual hygiene. And they don't understand boundaries. And they cross and blur the lines. And then get really crappy with me when I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I No, we're not best friends. They get really weird about that. And what they don't understand is that energetically, that's not the way to be interacting with anybody but especially with a public figure you know just let's all be cool and yada 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 well they don't understand the scale either. they also don't I understand mean, when you're friendly it doesn't mean we're friends yeah you know when you're friendly it doesn't mean we're friends the term friend is actually a very sacred term and for someone to become friends with somebody especially a public figure it's it's not you show up on their live and now we're BFFs. It's not like that. Benny's my BFF. 
but no, all joking aside, you know, the lines can get so blurred and people have to be careful about that. So when you want to work with somebody in this field, the first thing I think that is you have to be very clear on why you want to work with that particular person. Why do I want to work with this person? So I'm going to use Sam Reynolds as my, let's do Sam Reynolds here. Okay. So I want to get a reading with Sam Reynolds. Why? Well, I, I've heard good things about him. I've looked at his work. I've been following him for a while. I really feel like this guy speaks my language. I'm not trying to be his BFF. I'm looking at him now from the lens of a practitioner. I'm not looking to hang out with Sam and do lunch with him. Would I love to do lunch with Sam? Yes. But I'm looking at it like, okay, I feel like this guy, can re- I can relate to him. Like he's going to present the input in a way I understand. So the first thing is, again, you really want to make sure this is someone you want to work with and not hang out with them, have a beer with them. I mean, I want to work with them. I'm coming to them for their knowledge, their wisdom. And the line scope of services. And then the next thing what I want to be aware of is, okay, what do I want to get out of this appointment? What do I want to come away with? I'm not coming in and say, okay, Sam, blow me away. Predict my future. Tell me what color underwear I'm wearing and tell me what I'm doing with Rachel later this afternoon. I don't want that. I'm going to be specific because if I want to get a good reading, I want to walk away with the information I want. I don't want to have... Here's one of the things that used to happen when I used to get readings from other people. They would talk about the shit I didn't want to talk about. They also want to talk about my damn love life. I'm like, why do you assume that my love life is that important to me? I'm very cut and dried about my love life. <laughs> I'm in a great relationship. And even if my one tarot lady. Yeah, Mr. Tarot lady is awesome. Yeah, even if I wasn't, I I think I've asked about my love life in all my years of getting readings, maybe three times. That's not the you know on my mind. Are in the exact same boat that yeah. way. And I'm married. I'm very happy. And and I always say to clients too, and they go, What about my marriage? I go, No news is good news, man. Yeah. Stay as angry. So I mean, I'm always very specific about what I want to ask about. And I think if you come to a reader and say, Look, I want to ask about my business. I want to ask about my love life. I want to ask about this person I'm having a flame with. I want to ask about Benny the Goat. You know, if you are specific about what you want from the reading, that's a quote unquote giving the tarot reader information. And it really and, isn't. It's really about being specific about what you want to come away with. Now, for folks, just for uh, transparency, I had a reading with Rachel uh, recently, like about a week ago. I was very specific about what I wanted to focus on. And guess yeah. what? I walked away from the reading and said, oh my God, that really helped. I feel much better about the situation now because I told you, I didn't put you on some guessing spree wild goose hunt. And so always come specific. One of the most in, the most insulting things for me when I used to read to the public were people who would come to a reading and say, I don't want to tell you too much. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to impact my reading. And I'd be like, first of all, that's stupid. And second of all, now you want me to put on a dog and pony show and impress you. Instead of getting information that's going to help you, you want a dog and pony show. And to be the super, that means you don't trust me. Jackson, you're praying story about that. Yeah. Back when I lived on the north side of Chicago, my clients from Chicago know exactly the place I'm talking about, by Winnemac Park. I had, and I, I don't allow this normally, but I had two women come in. And they were like, we want to sit in each other's readings. I said, as long as you're all cool. Because, you know, one of my stylistic nuances is there's zero bullshit. And some of this might be awkward. So I need to hear mm-hmm. you say the words because I don't want to be responsible. And I start reading for one of them. And it's about this breakup. Oh, yeah. I'm like, looks like you're dealing with someone with some narcissistic tendencies. It's pretty emotionally abusive. And it's time for you to extract yourself from the house. The next reading 
for her friend. A lot of the same cards, different placements. But I was like, how odd that the two of you are in the same situation. But in this, that, and the other, they go, well, we're breaking up and we wanted to test you. I go, how'd that work out for you? Did you have a pleasant afternoon? I don't think so. And they were almost in tears. Because I laid it out for both of them. I go, it's obvious it's the same situation. You got all the same cards, basically. And you had to hear me say things in a little bit of a harsher way than would have been the case had you been up front or come in privately. Exactly. And oddly exactly. enough, they were clients of mine for five years after that, which is kind of funny. So they took it on the chin. Yeah, they took it on the chin and they did break up. And But I I didn't appreciate it. So I don't appreciate that at all. Never. No, I think don't do that. I think again. So again, my tips for finding a good reader, um, you know, find somebody that speaks in a way that you really feel comfortable with. Uh, Do your homework. Learn about the reader. Watch them on social media. Get a feel for them. Maybe a referral, but also then show up. Don't play games. Don't show up drunk. Um, Oh my god. Yeah. Also, if you are going through something. Do not do emergency readings. I'm going to give people this advice. They're going to hate this advice. I don't emergency know reading. No, I I yeah. didn't know. I stopped allowing them because here's the problem with an emergency reading: when you come in, you are coming in jacked up, and chances are you're either going to hear what you want to hear, or you're going to hear what you don't want to hear, and interpret it through the bummer, um, bummer filter. Don't do emergency readings. You want to give yourself time to process your situation, so you're coming in clear-headed and really ready to listen. Don't do emergency readings. No. it's. I, I've had to say it. that. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. More than once where I go, you're, this is not therapy. This is not an anti-anxiety medication. You are misusing the service. Yes. Elisa Kelly, who's a brilliant astrologer, uh, she's got a substack and it's a curiosity report. And I just love everything she does. Oh, she's really... really Oh my God, she's fresh, smart. She's so damn smart and real and down to earth. And she just put out something on her Substack about uh, tarot and astrology. When you're anxious, is it causing more anxiety? For some people, it will. You got to sometimes leave it alone. You know, if you're hammering a tarot deck every single day about a situation, you're going to get mixed messages. So I tell people, please don't do that. Don't get too many readings. Put space between your readings. Put a lot of space between your readings. I very rarely get a reading. I had my, my annual birthday reading with Sam, and I had a reading recently with you, like, about a week ago. That's going to that's gonna hold me. That's yeah. going to hold me. I, I, I tell people they're good for about, about a year. I mean, unless something comes up and you've got, as you said, a specific question, that's different. Um, and one of the reasons I took as long as I did to build Totem's client base while working in corporate was because I didn't want people coming back all it's not healthy for me or for that. No. Right. I would have clients. So a lot of people. I would, yeah. I would have clients sometimes that would sit down and say, okay, well, how often can I see you now? And as soon as someone yeah. says that, I said, you only need to see me once a year. Mm-hmm. And that would kind of like shock them. But there are readers who encourage dependency. They want you in yeah. every week because it's padding their bank account. And for me, the work isn't about padding my bank account. Do I want to make a good living? Yes. But do I want to make it on someone's misery, on keeping them addicted? No, I want you to get well and spread your little wings and go live your life. I mean, even as a mother. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say you just hit on the biggest thing to look for in a provider of any of these services is someone who, when faced with that ethical dilemma, if you will, says, you know what? You don't need it. You're good. That's a very good sign. 
look, I want people to succeed and go off and do their own thing and, and live their lives. Come back once a year. I get a reading once a year. I get that. We want other. We want someone else looking at our stuff to give us, make sure we're not missing something. But uh, a good reader is not going to tell you, come back every week. That is not a good reader. That is problematic. And I look at it very much the way I parent. I've got two adult children. Do I still parent them? Of course, I'm still there for guidance. But I'm always like, well, go do your thing and you'll figure this out. And I trust you to make the right decisions. You know what's right for you. My daughter right now is dealing with a, a situation that's really challenging and you know about this. And, you know, the thing when her and I have talked, we, I'm always like, trust yourself. Here's my thoughts, but please trust yourself. You're getting love. You're going to be fine. That's how we have to approach readings. We give our guidance. We give our advice. We show what we see. But then we have to also ensure that the client trusts themselves to live their life in a way that's fit for them. Because even if you as a reader see things for them and they decide, fuck it, I want to do something else, you're not there to interfere. You're not there to make them dependent. You're not there to live their lives for them at all. They still have to go make those decisions. They still have to live their lives. So please don't make people addicted. And by the way, if you ever come across a reader that tries to make you addicted or tells you there's a curse on you and they need to remove it, that is not rotted. Run, run, run. Yeah, I like those people up, Teresa. You would enjoy some of my stories. I I believe in street justice. I'm so so Virgo rising. (laughs) I've got three planets in Virgo. Yeah, I had a client who, you know, I shared, if you will, with a practitioner who told her she was possessed by a demon. By the way, she didn't know this client lived down the hall from me. I got uh, on my building. And I was like, I think I'd know if you had a fucking demon attached to you. And then wait for it. A few hours later, emailed me and asked me how to perform an exorcism. Oh, my God. So not only did she tell her that she had this issue and created all this fear and urgency, but then was asking me to tell her how to do this unethical thing and make money off of it with my own client while I'm cleaning up the mess that was created. Disgusting. So disgusting. she got lit up. And by the way, the answer to how to perform an exorcism is to call the Vatican and stay out it. Just We're not, say, we're not doing that job. <laughs> yeah. I had an exorcist on the show, my, my homie Ralph, who's a former NYPD sergeant. And uh, Eric Bannon played him in a movie and stuff. And he's like, yeah, it's not for you to do. Like, trust me on that. Stay away from it. Not so, jam. Um, Teresa, let's pull a card. Now, the card is, as you know, from our very militant sponsor, the Totem Tarot Deck. We uh, love we love the Totem Tarot Deck. And uh, the the card will be for you, but I'm also finding at the end of these episodes that it, it seems to sort of tie together the theme a little bit and be for everybody as well. So did you have anything in particular you want to look at or just see what pops out? Mm. Do I want anything in particular? I just want to know how the end of the year looks for my family. All right. And for those who know me, uh, I got a Venus in Cancer. Family's everything. Oh, Teresa, I really like it. You got the Queen of Cups, our Medusa Ooh, card, the Mistress of Moons, which is the wife, the mother, the one who can go to the emotional depths and maintain themselves in that sort of emotional pressure, the counselor, the empath, the nurturer, yin on yin on yin. Love that. Flowy, beautiful, wonderful, very good news for mother-child dynamics, for household dynamics, things being maybe more matriarchal. 
because you know Medusa is not exactly a pushover. No, she's not. She's got she's got some ovaries. She's it's and it's funny, you know. My client, Mary, will not mind me saying this. My client, Mary, just emailed me right before we started this. She found some t-shirt company that makes Medusa t-shirts. She's like, "You got to get one of these." No shit, so need it. No shit. The confluence, though, it's it's very funny. And the idea too that a look from a woman can turn you to stone is a very uniquely feminine power. I think. Uh huh. Listen, if I have a superpower, that's one that I would not mind having. Right. Well, and you know, I like Medusa, and I've looked into some of those stories. I'm big on ancient myths and stuff. And mm-hmm. She was quite powerful. And uh-huh. The the whole. I have to tell you too. The ocean. And her creatures are fighting back against, uh, they're fighting the man right now. So I think this is extra funny. That really actually is exactly what I needed to hear. I love it. I love it too. That's great. That's too funny. I'm going to have to send Mary a note now and let her know. She's very psychic. She did the coaching program. But Mary's got this psychic ability that never has anything to do with her. Just everyone around her. She's one of those, like the Oracle at Delphi. So I got to give her, I got to throw her a bone. Teresa, um, you have a book coming out. Let's let I people do. know what that is. And I'll, of course, include your links in the show notes. You're the, or Teresa Reed on yep. Instagram. Yep. Uh, what's the book oh, wait, that's I, coming out? I'm the Tarot Lady on the Instagram. Thank you. Sorry. All of my handles, you can always find me. I'm just the Tarot Lady, Teresa Reed. So I have a book coming out in October, and it's called uh, The Cards Are Dealt, How to Deal When Life Gets Real. And it's a tarot guidebook on really heavy topics. We're talking about illness caregiving, loss, death, um, you know, national tragedies. There's really, really heavy stuff. And this book is near and dear to my heart because these are topics that, first of all, I love talking about. I know that sounds weird, but I'm an eighth house person. I've got a moon and Scorpio. I love this stuff. And some of my favorite readings were the readings for people talking about these topics. And yeah. so I'm sharing spreads you can do different interpretations, some spreads that I've done with some clients uh, that we've shared um, or they've shared with me to put in the book, uh, and also pro tips on what to do and not to do, because I want to also help readers make sure that they are always empowering the client, even during really heavy stuff, and always delivering an ethical, helpful reading instead of delivering something that could cause harm unintentionally. So there's a lot of advice in the book about that. Well, in Out Right Now is Twist Your Fate, which I told you I finally got around to. Because I I haven't been reading anything. This year has been so busy. So crazy. I love that book. It's awesome. Thank Thank you you so much, Teresa. Everybody go to at the tarot lady on Instagram. She does live videos. They're fun. Her crew is nice. I really do think your community overwhelmingly is full of good people. They're wonderful. There's so many nice people that come into there. There's very few people that come in that are problematic. And also, you know, I'm going to tell you something. What people don't realize, they look at my following and think, wow, 44. It's actually a lot more than that. But I ended up having to filter out and block a lot of those imposters Mm -hmm. and negative people who are just up to no good. So it's that probably would be double if you know how many people I'd blocked. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, managing social media at scale is not on my my uh, dance card. Because I wanna have, yeah, I want to have the good people there. Not mean people, not fakes, not, you know, yeah. fraudulent accounts coming up and trying to scam people. So I block regularly. And we should all do that. God bless you, Tara Lady and Benny. I I that story did not disappoint. Thank you so <laughs> much. Shenny the goat. 
And until next time, thank you.